Welcome to Larpender Life, the podcast about HP St. Paul in the 80s and 90s. I'm your host, Dave Carey. He put two beers in front of me and he said, sell these to me. I think my ability to respond to his questions came more from my work in my fraternity rather than any in a formal schooling. But I felt that I had a story to tell. This is episode 24, and my guest today is Wayne Quayle. If you missed any earlier episodes, you can find them on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcast site. And now, here's my discussion with Wayne. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Carey, and welcome to another edition of Larpender Life. My guest today is Wayne Quayle. Uh, Wayne, uh, I'm going to start this a little differently than I normally do. Uh, you were nice enough to contact me uh, a little bit ago and and, and ask uh, you know if, if you could be a guest, and a, which of course anybody can. Um, and of particular interest is you you were telling me about some medical difficulties that you're going through, and so I I thought it would be uh, a good way to start this is to if you could kind of give everybody an update on on what you'd like to tell what you'd like everybody to know about your current condition yes uh in, in december of 2021 i was diagnosed with brain tumors glioblastoma is the actual term with brain term uh, tumors and that has affected some of my abilities to remember and to walk and things like that. But I felt that I had a story to tell, that I felt that, you know, my, my I wasn't that far gone, <laughs> that I couldn't uh, include those stories because I, I go back to 1979 when I came into, you know, HP. So, uh, do you want me to kind of start the story or well let me just let me just tell you Wayne uh, I definitely want to hear that and I'm very glad you reached out um and on behalf of everyone everyone all your former colleagues and your friends and everybody uh I just want to wish you the very best and uh very much appreciate you reaching out and joining we love to hear from you and uh we're all going to be with you um at in heart as you as you go through this journey i know it's not an easy one so thanks again for reaching out um yeah let's go ahead and uh start by by telling us a little bit about when you know where you grew up and how you eventually sort of worked your way to hp well i grew up in chicago and when i went to school at Valparaiso in Indiana, I was interviewed there by HP. And that's when I got offered the job. So it was through a, you know, formal, I guess, interview process. And I was given the opportunity to sell the desktop computers 
which was the desktop computer division out of Fort Collins. Each division had their own sales reps selling different products. So they took care of us in terms of education, in terms of providing, you know, uh, providing, you know, demos and so forth. I had to drag around a, you know, a large computer. I did, I had to sell the concept that I'm, you're going to buy this 15,000 to $20,000 computer with no software. You got to program yourself. You got to, you know, learn HP basic. If you, you know, remember that with the Hewlett Factor interface bus and it can hook up to instruments. It could hook up to, you know, a projector, you know, a slide projector doing overhead slides. Sometimes I thought people were buying these computers just to make overhead slides for their presentations. So, you know, it wasn't an easy sell, but I was supported well by the Fort Collins division. So that went well for us. I was successful quite well, you know, working for, you know, uh, you know, working for people that, you know, Ron and Ruth is one of the names that you. Oh, yeah, of course. So, so did you, Wayne, did you, were you hired into HP here in St. Paul first or, or. Well, I was hired out of Chicago to work in St. Paul. I see. Can you tell me about when you. When you had your your interview, do you remember what that was like? Did was it Ron that interviewed you, or who? who interviewed no, it was it, it was Dominic Giannini. If uh, that name comes back, I was sitting in Paul's place on Snelling. That used to be one of the hangouts that we had, and I remember Dominic would he put two beers in front of me and he said, "Sell these to me," and I said. I may not sell them to you because I may you may not need them. You may not want them. And so I kind of had to, you know, maybe unsell him to get the job offer. So I think he, I think my ability to respond to his questions came more from my work in my fraternity rather than any in a formal schooling. Oh, that's interesting. You know, it's interesting to hear me or to hear you say he he told you to sell these two beers and you told him, well, maybe you don't need them because people think about sales as uh, and maybe there are companies that sell this way that that it is, you know, sales at all costs, whether the customer needs it or not. And as much and as often as you can. But that's not the way. You were, and most of HP wasn't back, especially back in those days. And so to hear you say, well, maybe you don't need them, you know, that's that's more of a long-term approach to a relationship building. And I think that made me successful when I sold my computers because a lot of it was repeat business. You know, I'd had the opportunity when CDC started to build uh IBM compatible disk drives and they and I got them to look at the uh, desktop and that 1000 to record and build these computers so I sold a lot of computers just 
on CDC. That was like one of my main accounts. Sure. So I heard you say, and I interrupted you, um, I heard you say that you thought maybe your experience with your fraternity in college was more important than sort of the academic part of your your college experience. So do you want to expound on that a little? Yes, because you're selling to people and it's people to people. And so your experience in an environment with you know, other people and trying to get people to work together. That's what helped, I think, when you had, you know, HP, because we were, we were a family. We were really a family in the office. You know, everybody talks about, the, you know, the free fruit and, you know, donuts and things like that. Well, that, that's fine. I mean, that was, that was true. But I think when we got together on Friday for drinks, you know, that probably, you know, brought us closer together than the, the fruit <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I must have blocked that out. I don't remember any fruit. I, I certainly remember the donuts. <laughs> yeah. My body remembers the donuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and that ability that you, that you have, that interpersonal ability, you know, you eventually uh, went into management actually probably right. pretty pretty quickly so you know tell me that must have really been key you know how, how did you find that change to go into from being a direct salesperson to now leading a team well since my education was uh, I had an electrical engineering degree it kind of was a natural to go and manage instruments so one of the districts was an instrument di district uh, managed by Mike Anderson. And Mike Anderson, you could probably find him at the steak and ale if you were looking for him. You know, so he was the one that the district I took over. And so, you know, that was kind of a natural. So at one time, I was probably the only sales manager that had people selling 1000s, 3000s, instruments, desktop computers all under the same district manager. Wow. And I, you know, because the because the place that makes the computers or makes the instruments sees sees the sales reps as their, you know, reach out to the customers, they wanted people who understood electronics or understood the uh the complexity of an instrument. And so we would I would go out to the instrument groups and get educated on their products. And they liked the idea that people could come and understand it. And that helped my double E help me do that. I'm sure that's true. And um, your ability just to work with people that, you know, helped you at, in your sales role, I'm sure helped you with the people that worked for you. Um, I know you were always very highly regarded uh, in management by all all of my my peers and my colleagues at the individual contributor level um, and I'm sure it's because of the way you you dealt with people and all the managers did back in those days was was just very straightforward and it was almost as if the managers were working for the individual contributors in a way well you know all, everybody was included in the award ceremonies. You know, so if you think about that, you know, and there was times when I 
know, when I got my awards, I would say, this is not me. This is, the, you know, the group here. So I think that helped me probably get some of my, you know, management jobs is that I would, you know, thank people for their, you know, for their work. Sure. Absolutely. So um, you mentioned some of the the really large gear that you had to haul around, uh, you know, when you were demoing things. Yep. Did you have, you know, you, you probably started back before we were, you know, we went to Ford and everybody got Tauruses. But prior to that, there were a bunch of different cars. But did, were they all sedans that you had back then? Well, we, we actually, everybody wanted a... Uh, Station wagon? A station wagon. Everybody wanted a station wagon because you could take your trips with a station wagon. Mm -hmm. And so people, you know, would not fight over it, but they would, you know, line up for the station wagons. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, when I tell people I retired in 2020 and I still had a company car. So I started in 83. Yeah. And I had a company car all the way to 2020. And when I uh, tell people, you know, my non-HP friends that, and they start sort of doing the math in their head of how much, how much money that saved me, it's incredible. It's one of the benefits that we appreciated. You know, we, we, we understood the value of that. And uh, I remember going out, you know, to the 300-mile mark filling up the tank and then taking off from there. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. And I remember also using some of the facilities that HP had. They had one in Fort Collins and in the Poconos, you know, they had cabins. And right. so I remember one time being out in Fort Collins and Mark Dankers shows up in his big RV. So he was using that facility too. <laughs> yeah. Somehow Mark ends up in every one of these these podcast yeah. episodes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So the 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 cabins were were great. Did you ever go out to the cabins yourself? Just um, you know, like with your family or anything? Yeah, we were in Fort Collins and in the Poconos. Oh, wow. So, so I mean these cabins were you brought your own sleeping bag and you know, things like that. They weren't they weren't luxurious, but no, they they were they were fine for you know you're you're visiting the area you right. really are visiting the area. Yeah, that's so, a, that's amazing to think about it. Uh, and I think these days about what it would take to do that. I mean, some of some places, I guess, some companies would have sort of executive report uh, in resorts and things. But if you think about it now, some place having something that's available to employees on a sort of a first come, first serve, any employees eligible. That's pretty remarkable. And then you guys in sales, I know you you would go up to Madden's and various places at different times to, you know, in a bonding experience. Yeah, I was allowed to uh, take my district up to Madden's. And that was, you know, we played golf, we ate, we drank, and... Uh, <laughs> We enjoyed playing poker together. Sure, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure it never got out of hand. No, never got out. <laughs> never, 
never never drank too much. Uh, people never put too much money down to match the pot. You know that that was uh, you know I think maybe that was Mark O'Brien that you know would have the he would he would be an aggressive poker player just like Mark Dankers is. <laughs> and you know we I think on the last podcast. They talked about canibling right. for 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 uh, winning or who's paying the bill. We actually use dollar bills and use that, you know, whatever numbers were on a dollar bill, that would be our hand, our poker hand. Oh. <laughs> and then we would play that way. So that was a little bit different than the canibling. So probably then all through the the, the months beforehand, every dollar bill you you got you looked at it you just happened to keep that one around <laughs> well th that would be cheating wouldn't it you don't that. <laughs> yeah well i guess i guess so but uh given the size of some of those pots i'm sure it happened <laughs> yeah i was talking with dave fitch not long ago and he remembered a story uh about you you and him out in in, I think it was Fort Collins um, yep. decided to just take a drive. We we had to get back. We knew which direction, but we had to look at the North Star. We had to find the North Star to get back. So, can you, so we were we were we were capable of doing that. Can, can you imagine these days the idea of having to look up at the stars? Now, of course, you just pull your phone out and yeah, you know, or or your built-in GPS, but. Um, he told me, yeah, uh, you that you guys just started driving up in the dirt roads in the mountains west of Fort Collins, and um, yeah. he was he liked off he liked off roading, so we did that. We were always trying to find something to do, something different, and so you know, seeing the sights or, or looking at America, maybe that's what we called it. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, Wayne, any other stories that come to mind that you'd like to talk about? I just want to, you know, remember the people that I worked with. You know, there was, you know, Lance Smith and Ron Enruth and Eddie Slavin and Barb Stignett. So these are all people, Mark Dinkers and Tom Olinger, all of these people that worked out of the Larpenter building. Yeah. So, and everybody was very success-oriented. You know, they, they, there was a competition. You wanted to be on the receiving end of these awards. There were, some of these awards are signed by, you know, signed by John Young, who was president of HP. So this, that's pretty important. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I agree because we you know uh, the word family gets, gets put out, uh, almost every episode and and I totally agree with that word and at the same time um you know these are all these are all competitors and they're all in sales for a reason um and so uh it, there was definitely healthy competition but it was I think the right kind of competition and uh competition with respect and uh so that was I think is a tribute to the way the company is led um, from the top, but all the way right through the managers like yourself and, and those other managers that you that you named. Yep, I think uh, work together to celebrate together, you know, to 
include everybody in the office together in everything you do. Right. Wayne, I really appreciate you you joining me. As I said before, um, I can't tell you how much uh, it, it, I, I do appreciate that you reached out. And um, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Can you, before we sign off, can you just tell me about your family and, and who, you, who you've got with you now? Well, my, my wife, Barbara, is taking care of me. So she's the, the, my, my caregiver. I've, I'm actually going through physical therapy and uh, occupational therapy. And right now I am stable. The last four MRIs show stability. So we're hoping that continues. And, uh, you know, we leave it in God's hands. Absolutely, Wayne. And uh, I said this before, you know, honestly, you you told me before we were starting, you said, well, my memory might not be so good or or anything. And, and uh, I sure I mean, your memory is better than mine. <laughs> so so um, you look great. You sound great. Um, your attitude is fantastic. I'm sure that helps you a lot. And I'll just say it again, that we're all with you and we wish you the best, Wayne. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Larpenter Life is produced solely by me, Dave Carey. It's not affiliated or sponsored by HP in any way. There are no episodes without guests, so if you're up for it, please send me an email at larpenderlife at gmail.com. Until next time, take care, everybody.